0: Good morning, Gasaholics. I'm Hot Rod Bob, and you've got gas. The morning edition still coming to you from out on the road, and we are traveling all around the area. We're in Utah this week, and just got the news, and I'm sure most car people have already, if you're anywhere, it's on Facebook. George Poteet, 477 miles an hour at Bonneville. Piston-powered. He did it the Speed Demon. Now, that was the first run. They're gonna have to make a backup run. He set a record yesterday at over 440 miles an hour. Somewhere, they found 37 more horsepower or miles per hour. And George Petit goes on. Good morning, everybody, I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas, the morning edition. So George Petit, always known for running exceptionally well and setting records, came back from a disastrous end of last week put the motor back together Kenny Duttweiler and the crew and I understand that uh, Doug Herbert and a couple of other top fuel guys are hanging around that pit today yeah Larry Doug Herbert maybe that was the influence they they had some insights right <laughs> well Doug and them are out there and Poteet set a record yesterday just the other day going over 440 miles an hour this morning stepped it up it was 82 degrees in the salt he ran 477 miles an hour at the four mile and four mile mark on an amazing run for a piston-powered vehicle the fastest run of a piston-powered vehicle now we know Craig Breedlove is going over 600 miles an hour there's a long way to go on that but that was a jet-powered machine today Boteet does it on eight cylinders. I think he just runs a single engine. But we'll find out more about that. The Speed Demon, an amazing car. He's also got the Blowfish, a Barracuda with a four-cylinder that holds many records as well. So the salt is hot. A lot of records being run, a lot of runs being made. It was down on the total number of cars and participants, but they made up for it in excellent runs throughout the week. And they're going to be before the conclusion of the racing. Now, they had some wind come through the other day, and I saw some posts from friends that lost their canopies and other things in the windstorm. They changed the course, and it's moving. Cars are going great. All right, that's part of what we're going to talk about today. Now, I'm on the road. I'm not as organized as normal. If there is such a thing as normal or organized for me. But one of the other things that came up today, and it's also racing related, is the hobby of slot car racing. Now, I know that's a far cry from Bonneville and 477 miles an hour, but as many of you know, slot car racing is a passion of mine, and I have a number of slot cars. Good morning, Richard. How are you doing this morning? And Monique, good morning. Roger Lee, how you doing? Well, slot cars are fun, and I've been doing... Racing slot cars on commercial tracks since I was about 13 years old. I had my own home track, a little uh, Elden set when I was 11, and that spawned all slot car tracks over the years. Right now, still in the box, I've probably got five slot car sets and enough track to build a huge. It's a 10 by 30 foot track. I'm gonna put that together someday. It's one of those things. But slot car racing isn't what it used to be. Now, a lot of people have home sets. A lot of people are building wooden tracks for their homes, whereas that used to be just commercial. But the desire for slot cars has fallen over the years. Now, unfortunately, the youth are not finding slot cars. Dave Kennedy, an expert in slot cars, Posted this morning a video and he talked about the demise of slot cars and sort of blames it a little bit on the manufacturers themselves, not making the basic entry level kits or slot car sets interesting. And I kind of agree with him to an extent. The cars are great. Love the new cars. There's so much detail in them. We run 132nd scale in the classes that we have at the far-out slot car racing club. But what happened to the desire, the demand? Most of the people I see racing slot cars today are kind of like me. Way over the hill. They're older guys. We have some younger guys coming up in the ranks at our slot car tracks, at our races. Unfortunately, because of the current situation we haven't had any races this year so we communicate on home racing world it's a website a message board also on Facebook on the home racing world page where you can find out a lot of information about slot cars but we're not getting the kids involved it seems that uh, the video games are more exciting to them and I understand with all the graphics and such they do tend to look exciting and they're a lot easier to play than it is to drive a slot car. Now, why is that? Well, it takes dexterity. Now, well, so does playing a video game. But a video game takes dexterity with one or two fingers. Well, slot car racing takes dexterity with just one finger, usually on the throttle. But it also takes... Well, it takes the same things as video games. It takes eyesight. It takes hand-eye coordination. And... It's physical. You actually have something in your hands and on the track that you're controlling. It's not a video game. It's not on a screen. You actually have to be physical, not with your thumbs. you got to stand there in many cases, or you can sit on a chair. But if your car comes off the track and you're not at a professional track or team race where there are turn marshals, you got to get off your butt and put the car back on track. Well, that can be frustrating for a lot of youngsters because they don't have the coordination and i've seen that with people coming to my home track and people not being able to make the turns now they'll go faster than i do in the turns but the problem is is i'm still going after the turn so manual dexterity eye coordination it's the same principle as video games but it's not and how do we get kids involved well, possibly making cars from the slot car manufacturers that resemble cars that the younger group are able to associate with. How many Honda slot cars have you seen? One rallies or that we see in Europe on the road courses, because American, they don't know about road racing. Racing is, well, Racing is dying here in the United States, whether it's on track or model. I remember when radio-controlled cars were all the rage, and there were hundreds and hundreds of people that would show up for a radio-control race. Rob Pratt says slot car racing is so great and he misses it and he was out at a track that was out in the Simi Valley or not the Simi Valley but the Valencia area, New Hall area of Southern California and he and his wife were both very strong competitive racers. The track closed down. It's not profitable. The cost of operating a commercial slot car track is great and the return on investment is minimal. So what's happened? The commercial tracks have gone away. There was one in the Ventura area. There were two, actually. And one of my friends uh, had one of those tracks. But he went on the road, started building tracks for other people, closed down his shop. Again, it wasn't profitable. You couldn't get people to come in there. Yes, Marlon, I have the AC on, and I'm sitting in the car. (laughs) But slide car racing is fun. It's a kick. I used to race real cars, and the slot cars were just an extension of that, and I love it. It's a lot easier. It's a lot better. I can take multiple cars to a track, and they fit in a small case. I don't need a trailer. (laughs) You don't have to tow long distances. And the other thing is most times we're inside a nice shaded garage. We're not out on the, well, like in Bonneville, the salt at 100-plus degrees. So, slot car racing has lost its desires from people. What has happened, though, is private clubs have started to pick up. Now, Rob Pratt's saying, right slot car, slots are, now, they're still in canyon country. Now, Rod, have they gone or are they still there? There was a track also in Palmdale. And I believe the same people started both tracks, but one was sold off to someone else. There's no commercial tracks, really, in the Southern California area except Buena Park, California, where that track has been there for decades upon decades, and I've been lucky enough to race there a few times, and, well, my fault often. I lived just a couple of miles from there for a couple of years and didn't take advantage of the situation, but I do have my cars for that track and any wood track, and I could go racing again there. But for me now, it's, it's a three-hour drive, and that just isn't going to make it. Now, there is a track down in the San Diego area, yeah, and they're running on a regular basis. They're not running a wood track. They're running a plastic track, Now, which you can do your own track, and it's much more affordable. I have Carrera track, which I personally like, because the rails are stainless steel. They take less maintenance. The track is wider. You can run 124th and 132nd, and when you run the 132nd, nds you've got a lot of room between lanes. You're not bumping as much. There's more race surface. However, it takes up more space, so the layout may tend to be a little bit smaller. But the variety of cars is amazing. I just got a new slot car, and the wife let me. I talked her into it. Well, actually I ordered it. I had it delivered and then I told her about it, but it is one of my favorite road race cars. And that was the Mirage Monza's. Chevy Monza Mirage with the big box flares. Always loved the looks of that car. I just got one from my friends at Cincy Slots. And uh, that's another great place to look at. it. You can go online to Cincy Slots, check out their array of cars and such, and tracks. And one of the things I liked about Cincy Slots, besides the fact that the owner's such a great guy, we did a land speed record race there, uh, I think two or three times. I went for one of them, sent my cars as proxy cars another time. We had a track 275 feet, it was a scale Bonneville size track. I used my idea of technology and built a Superbird and a Daytona to run. Now I used technology that I would assimilate with a regular race car. I smoothed out the belly of the car, making a smooth belly band, less air turbulence. I lowered the front of the car to get it down and create a barrier for wind to get stuck underneath. And I put a front spoiler to help cut the air and move the air around. I lowered the back end around as well, and I put in some air release holes in the back of the car to let the trapped air out. I added some weight too, making the car relatively heavy to keep it down on the track. It still wasn't enough. Now my car did go 44 actual miles per hour and then went airborne. Now I also did something else in many cars they tend to spin the tires and move around on the track. I fixed the front flag or guide so that the car wouldn't do that. That ended up not being a good design because what it did do was it allow it didn't allow the car to move and maintain itself on the track, and that was one of the reasons it kept coming out of the slot. Now I gotta say the guys try to help; they added some magnets to keep it down. It didn't quite work. Hi, Sid, niece. What's up in sunshine in North Carolina? Hot rods are burning rubber. Well, that's cool. I guess they're uh, they're hybrids then burning gas, oil, and rubber. So, slot cars can be fun. You can get a multitude of different body styles. I have a collection of vintage NASCAR from Carrera. I like the Carrera, and I like the Ravel monogram stockers, too. These cars are very detailed and reminiscent of the cars that ran in the 60s and early 70s, which is kind of my enthusiast era of the time. The cars that I got to see up close and personal firsthand at Riverside Raceway which was my kind of home track at the time, and the place that I'd go for big racing, including sports car races with SCCA. And it was where I took my driver's school with Bob Bondurant's classes. So Riverside Raceway had a, an aura about it. And my friend Mike Smalley, and I've, I've done a show specifically on his track, has replicated the Riverside Raceway in Carrera track, and it is an amazing scale track and fun to drive on as well with slot cars and we hold our club races at his facility as well which makes it even better and more fun we've got other tracks we've got about 9 or 10 tracks in our club and we get about 20 to 25 people showing up good morning Jeff how you doing today? hope everything in the UK is doing fine hope you get back here to the states soon and this all clears up for you but slot car racing is fun it is, guys. If you haven't tried it, find a club or find a track in your area. Scott Kehoe, drag racer extraordinaire watching us right now. And you can do this. You can get into slot car racing. It's a great way to get kids involved as well. Now one of my friends, his son runs a junior dragster, but he also races slot car drags. And at the Buena Park Drag uh, Raceway, they have a drag strip as well as road courses. Jeff's doing great. He's following what's going on in Bonneville. We miss him here. He was going to be all set to run 300 miles this year. Miles an hour, that is. But unfortunately, the, uh, the situation, the COVID, has curtailed that racing effort for this season. Now, whether or not he's able to make it for the rest of the year and maybe run El Mirage, we're still waiting to see. But slide cars, again, a great way to get kids involved. I gave a set to a friend of mine, and his kids were loving it. I took out and set up a set at our house, a small one, when we had some guests over, and the kids flocked around it, and so did their parents eventually. So it's out there. They're not that expensive when you look at the cost of, say, a radio-controlled car. You can get a whole slot car set. Two people can run on it for less than the cost of a radio-controlled car. And you can do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter whether it's raining outside, the way to do it. Roger Lee says, ah, yes, the drop tongue, the floppy pan sidewinders in the 70s. Yes, you built a bunch of those. Got too much money to race. Yeah, it did. And that's what partly, partly killed the original slot cars. The cost of building and driving those cars was expensive for the time. Now, I still have a couple of my cars from those days. I've got a thingy, I've got a front-wheel drive Olds Tornado that has clutch discs at the front. Strange. And it's front-wheel drive as well. I also have a lot of Strumbecker and Eldon cards of the, fa- of the past. These were the home set cards. You didn't necessarily run those on the commercial tracks. And I've got some commercial cars as well. But I have a lot of the home track cars. And what I like about today's home track cars, the detail. They are very accurate scale models down to the liveries of the different uh, sponsors on the cars. They're great. Johnny Butler, yes, one thirty-second scale is my favorite. They're inexpensive. I can get a car, well, I'll give you an example. From Cincy Slots, I just bought a look at things in the whole scope. That's not that bad. $29 for a race-ready car. Now, race-ready on a home track. This car would not do well on a commercial track. But on a home track... On the plastic tracks, they're fine. Can you get into this cheaply? Pretty much. I went online and found a, a digital Carrera set for $50. I found the digital set. It's great. Now, the digital set, I can run four people on two lanes. So I'm thinking on the new track that I'm going to build, I might go digital. More people. Less lanes takes up a smaller footprint. But anyway, that's my feelings, that's slot cars, that's racing, and that's gas for today. I'm Hot Rod Bob, You've Got Gas, the morning edition brought to you by Service Tech. And uh, yeah, Bob Pat, Rob Pat, you ran 124th scale and you ran them on the commercial wood tracks. I've got some of those and that's what I ran as well. Anyway, I'm Hot Rod Bob, You've Got Gas. One of my goals today is I'm gonna get into Salt Lake City and go to Ken Dig. Yes, Ken Diggett. They've got their show on um, Motor Trend, and they build some great show-quality hot rods and other things. We're going to go over to his shop today. It's just a couple of miles away from my stepdaughter's place, and we're going to take a look and see if we can talk to Dave Ken Digger or, or maybe Kev Dogger, maybe just see what the shop is like. They're not doing the tours any longer because of COVID, but their gift shop is open, and we're going to go take a look at it. I'll do a report on that later. I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas, the morning edition. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, past gas and the evening gas are now on YouTube, along with our Two Tired Guys productions of Talking About Cars. And this week, we were talking to Rodney Allen Rippey. Now, for those of you who remember the early Jack-in-the-Box commercials with Rodney chomping down on a jumbo jack, he's still around. He's a car guy, and we chatted with him just a couple of weeks ago. And that show just hit the airways. You can see it on Radio.com and on our Two Tired Guys YouTube channel. I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas, the morning edition. Take care, folks. We'll be talking to you again tomorrow.